Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Catherine Morehouse. There's a new deal on the table in Puerto Rico to erase billions of dollars of debt owed by the government-owned utility that runs the territory's power system, the Puerto Rico Electric Power Authority, also known as PREPA. Proponents argue that the plan would go a long way toward helping the territory improve grid stability, since it has never fully recovered from Hurricane Maria six years ago. But the effort is also drawing pushback from advocates and lawmakers as bankruptcy proceedings continue. So today, Politico's Gloria Gonzalez on the details of Puerto Rico's new debt plan and why it's so controversial. It's Thursday, September 21st. So it's an interesting deal in the sense of it would reduce PREPA's debt by about 80% to $2.5 billion. And if it's confirmed, it would theoretically end PREPA's bankruptcy proceedings, which have dragged on for many years. Reducing a debt seems like it would be a, a great deal at 80%, but there are a number of challenges with regard to this deal, including the fact that several billions of dollars in terms of the base debt as well as expenses would still be have to be paid by PREPA and in turn by their customers. So there are a lot of challenges and concerns about this particular deal. And can you remind us why it's so important to Puerto Rico's power system that the utilities debt is reduced or restructured? And is there a lot of urgency around getting this done sooner rather than later? There is a sense of urgency to get it done. And there's a, a couple of different reasons why. I mean, one of the issues is that just that this bankruptcy has dragged on for so long. Other parts of Puerto Rico's debt in other sectors of the government have been settled. Those debt issues have been resolved. And PREPA is really the big one that is remaining. So it's really hanging over everything that happens in Puerto Rico in terms of not just its energy system, but its broader economy. The other issue is that Puerto Rico has some very aggressive renewable energy targets, 100% renewables by 2050. But more importantly, there's a more immediate goal of 40% renewables by 2025. Puerto Rico is nowhere near achieving that goal. And part of the reason is this PREPA bankruptcy has really cast a shadow over efforts to move into the direction of renewable energy. And so that has really contributed to some of the delays in terms of reaching or getting anywhere close to reaching those particular targets. Okay, so it sounds like this deal is really critical to, you know, reaching those climate and clean energy goals. But you're also reporting that clean energy and community advocates are not exactly thrilled with this plan. Could you walk us through some of their criticisms? Absolutely. I mean, there are a number of concerns about this particular deal. Now, as I said earlier, on the face of it, reducing the debt by 80% seems like it would be a win. But the challenge here is that Puerto Ricans already pay some of the highest average rates for their power in the country. They pay more than any jurisdiction other than Hawaii. And so any effort to resolve the debt will include an electricity price increase for Puerto Rican residents and, and businesses. And while the oversight board that has reached this deal with the small group of creditors has reduced the 
proposed charges, it, there's still going to be a, an increase in, in power bills to cover the lower reduced debt. So that is one of the big concerns that some of these advocates have. Another concern is is really that they're, they're just worried that a lot of the money and investment that should go into shoring up Puerto Rico's grid is actually going to be diverted to paying for this debt that it remains on the books. And so instead of just investing all of PREPA's available resources into uh, renewable energy, into infrastructure improvements that would help shore the grid up against the intense hurricanes and other events that Puerto Rico is undoubtedly going to face going forward, that it's going to just be diverted to paying off this debt even at, at a lower rate. And that's going to continue to cost Puerto Ricans money that they really cannot afford. Got it. Okay. And you're you're also reporting pushback from lawmakers and a former member of the federal board that oversees Puerto Rico's finances. Do they share those same concerns as the clean energy and community advocates or are there other concerns out there as well? Puerto Rico Governor Pedro Pierluisi is very concerned. He had actually rejected a previous plan that would have paid off about 80% of the debt because he felt that that plan was unaffordable. And I think his exact words were catastrophic and atrocious. He seems to think that this particular plan has made some progress, but he's still very concerned about the fact that there will be an increase in in power bills. So he says that there's progress, but it's not a full-throated endorsement of this particular plan. In terms of the former board member, that was a very interesting conversation because Mr. Peterson, he actually is concerned that the bondholders are actually being treated unfairly in this particular deal. And the reason why is he feels that the oversight board really kind of is forcing this deal onto the bondholders, basically trying to force them to accept this deal or not get anything. And he doesn't think that's very fair to the bondholders who have, to be fair, have invested billions of dollars in Puerto Rico. And he's really concerned that it's going to discourage the private sector from making additional investments in Puerto Rico. His words were, you know, why should they invest more money when they can't even get back the money they've already invested? Now, other people, including New York lawmaker Nidia Velasquez, will push back against those comments. But the idea is that if the private sector doesn't see the benefits of investing in Puerto Rico, and they actually at a disadvantage of not getting their money back, that there's no reason for them to invest in Puerto Rico going forward. And that that's going to be a major problem for Puerto Rico, since it can't rely on only federal or local government funding to deal with some of its energy issues. Also, on Wednesday, President Joe Biden announced executive action to establish a climate corps following pressure from progressive Democrats to establish the training program. The program will train more than 20,000 workers to conserve and restore lands and waters, deploy clean energy and energy efficiency, and prevent disproportionate pollution impacts for low-income communities and communities of color. The program will be particularly focused on those communities and regions that traditionally relied on fossil fuel jobs. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. 
Before you go, be sure to check out our new Politico podcast, Power Play, launching today. The show introduces you to the top global leaders in business, politics, and culture, and dives deep into how they think about the pressing news around them. So be sure to check out Power Play wherever you get your podcasts. And that's our show. I'm Catherine Morehouse, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is working to responsibly meet rising energy demand across their U.S. operations, like at their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand.